0: Welcome to the RevCast, a weekly podcast where we discuss real life issues and how to make sense of the chaotic crazy. I'm your host, Reverend Daniel Rogers, aka The Rev, and I've brought friends with us today. And as always, the most lovely, most gifted, and most talented, Miss Amanda Albright. Amanda, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Rev. My sister has moved in to stay with us during our, our stay home version, our, our stay home time, so I'm feeling um, very family-ish and very homey. How are you today, Rev?
0: I'm doing great, Amanda. How, how are you surviving being cooped up at home, girl?
1: You know, I'll be honest. I am tapping into my homeschooling days. I have made a lot of bread. I have made empanadas. I've made chocolate-covered peanut butter balls. We're doing a lot of time in the kitchen, a lot of making things from scratch. I think my, my experience as a homeschooler has prepared me well for these days, for this uh, stay-at-home time. Oh, my
0: goodness. You are surviving. Not just surviving, driving, but sir, thriving. Driving. Thriving, that's right. Well, I'm kind of thriving on milk and cookies and praise God for Netflix and Amazon Prime movies. I think we're all making the best of it for sure. Amanda, who do we have with us on the Revcast today?
1: Yeah, Rev, I am super excited about today. Today we have our entire BCS counseling department. We have our junior high and high school counselors with us, uh, Devin Woodard, Danielle Lopez, and Mika Winskill are all three joining us. And then we also have our elementary school counselor, Marlene Stoffer. And all four of them have joined us today to talk with us about social, emotional, and mental
0: health. Ladies, it's so good to have you with us today. Devin, let's start with you. This is your first year at BCS. How's mm-hmm. it going?
2: it's going really good I really love it here at BCS
0: what's been your favorite part
2: there's so much that has been my favorite but one of my favorite things that I get the privilege of doing is teaching in the junior high classroom so um, teaching a lot of the social emotional learning and just getting to know those kids has been a real highlight
0: Danielle you are no stranger to BCS and to our students you've been here for a number of years and as you look across your years at BCS What's been your favorite part about working with the students at BCS?
3: Thirteen years to be exact there, Rev. Thirteen years. My favorite thing has been and will continue to be to walk alongside them. Um, It's a huge blessing to start to get to know them as seventh graders and to help navigate that junior high time and figuring that stuff out all the way to walking with them through high school and the excitement to prepare for what life looks like after high school. But the added bonus is a lot of them come back. So it's Mm -hmm. not like we just get the six years and then they're gone. It's a lifelong connection. So um, being able to walk through college years with them. In our um, profession, they often talk about like, you don't really know the impact that you get to have on kids. Um, which I think is true in education in general, but I think it's a unique blessing at BCS because we hear it a little bit more than our profession does across the nations. Oh, that's so Mm, good. beautiful.
0: Mika, you uh, are a new mom. How is that going, and how's that affecting your work at BCS as well?
4: (laughs) Well... It's almost been a year, so it doesn't feel (laughs) as new anymore, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic blessing, but also, um, I love my job and it's, it's a gift to be at home and to also be able to be at BCS still, but I really, um, when I'm at BCS, I wish I could be there more. So I'm just, cherishing the days that I am there wholeheartedly knowing that my daughter is in good hands but it's definitely for the past uh, week or so being away I've missed everybody a lot. I, I really have come to treat those days that I'm there as very precious.
1: Thank you so much for sharing about your your BCS stories. It's a gift to even hear those short versions of those. Um, we wanted to we wanted to draw on your on your um, wealth of knowledge and expertise in this area. We wanted to talk a little bit today about social, emotional, and mental health, and those terms are often used interchangeably in our circles. We just wanted to ask you if those are if those are the same, if they're different, maybe how they interact with each other. And we know that you're, you work with a specific population, so you're not an expert on the entire topic, but I know that you know a lot more than I do. So we thought maybe you could unpack that a little bit for our families. Uh, what is social, emotional, and mental health, and
3: how do those three areas interact? Yeah, Amanda, those... All those terms are really interchangeable, um, and I think it's really, it can be really confusing as you try to process and understand it all. We have a tendency to do social emotional learning and pack that into social emotional learning. And then there's the mental health part. And so for us as school counselors, if you think about it, we are in a school setting and learning happens in a school setting. And so we do more of the social emotional learning, which is kind of um, really helping students get tools in their like their toolbox on how to deal with social interactions and how to manage their emotions. And it's more of a preventative aspect to um, our overall health, our mental health. And then you have the mental health piece, which for most part is across the board dealing with everyday life. So the social emotional can be more circumstantial, whereas the mental health, it's like a baseline across the board. So it It impacts relationships at school and at home and whatever it's your it's the overarching mental wellness of how you're doing. And that's where um, like licensed therapists come into play of really helping people be able to deal with all the really deep emotional mental stuff that they're trying to juggle.
1: Danielle, that's a super helpful way to think about that. I hadn't thought about mental health being kind of an underlying foundation. And then from there, you build on social, emotional, and relational health. That's a really helpful way for me to organize that. Thank you. Devin,
4: Mika, want to invite you to add anything further to that that you want to. I think it's important to clarify that, like Danielle was saying, our mental health does fall into this more escalated category that might demand additional help and support from other professionals. But if we don't care for our social health or our emotional health, um, those more circumstantial things that pop up, if we're neglectful of that, it can lead to a mental health issue.
1: That's a super
4: it, helpful, Mika. When you first started talking about that, my first thought was,
1: my goodness, we're such complex people. And I thought, as soon as I see complexity, I think, oh, no, we're so complex. And then as you continued talking, I thought that actually is really helpful for me. That means that there are things that I can do socially to care for myself that will safeguard and increase my mental health. And there are things that I can do to care for my emotional health that are going to safeguard and support my mental health. We're in a we're in a really funny time, right? We're in a, a very different A different time, kind of all of a sudden. Um, I used to see you all regularly Monday through Friday. Right. And now now I'm not. And our students are in the same boat. Right. We we actually have pretty social lives at school. We do a lot of day to day face to face interaction. So now switch to this virtual environment. Things are really different. So I would imagine that our practical steps to care for ourselves socially, emotionally, and mentally are also going to be really different. So I wanted to invite the three of you to offer us practical advice. What would you say to our students and families who are operating in a totally different system, interacting totally differently with each
3: other and with with their world? What practical advice would you give them? Um, I'm going to quote Shauna Nyquist. Miss Winskill has this written on her board in her office, um, but she said two powerful words and it's connection heals. I think for us to remember that in the midst of social distancing and feeling isolated, that connection really does, it heals in ways that I don't think we take the time to really give error too. But so with that and being virtual in almost every aspect, it takes intentionality to make that connection happen. So it's intentionally reaching out to somebody. It's intentionally responding to somebody. And I think with that, there also comes new norms. And Miss Woodard and I were talking about this a little bit ago. And the fact of we can often respond and correspond in the same way that we did when we got to see every But because we're not seeing the facial reactions most times, if we're doing stuff through text instead of through video or audio, we can read into things and bring our own perceptions or our own feelings into whatever was just sent to us. And so I think that we need to establish new norms of being okay asking really clarifying questions. The other piece to that is oftentimes we will wait for people to pursue us and we feel very isolated when our phone, like people aren't pursuing us, I think it's very good for us to be mindful to continue to pursue other people. Because if we're feeling alone and if we're feeling isolated, hands down, somebody else is feeling that way too. So as people come to your mind, to be able to just reach out to them will do wonders for your heart and you have no idea the impact that it will do for somebody else in that moment.
2: Yeah, one piece of practical advice that Ms. Lopez and I were discussing and just that came to my mind was focusing on what we can control and what we can't control. So focusing on what we can control right now. So even just our attitudes about what's going on in the world right now, our ability to talk to others. We are still able to talk to friends. Um, We can control that. We can control how much news we watch or what we read. Um, We can control when to power things down and stop taking it all in. So we were talking a lot about one thing you guys, students or families could do is list out things that you can control. Um, And have that near you as a reminder so that when things become out of control, you can revisit those lists and not spend that energy on things you can't control. And then I think another thing is just staying present in what you can control, not worrying about tomorrow, not stressing about what what's going to come, but just being grounded and being present in today.
4: I'm on a really base level, just like getting dressed and Um, even if it's not every day like I've been wearing a lot of athleisure I think a lot of people have but there's something to like putting on jeans or putting on a t-shirt brushing your hair feeling like you are getting yourself put together even if you're not going to go out into the world that makes a huge difference I think it's um, motivating and just makes a shift of like I'm, I'm not in endless trapped vacation mode our screens are a blessing it's It's a gift to be able to be connected, to have social media, to have video chat, to have online learning. Um, But I think that we do need to create boundaries around that. Um, Yes, it's fantastic to watch your friends' stories and to check in with each other. But, um, you know, for, for those of you, the majority of you students who are at home with your families, I would really challenge you to see this as a time to get connected to your family, because I think it will become incredibly dangerous if this continues to go on for quite some time to be so connected to your friends and the people outside of your home that you lose touch with the people that are closest to you. Um, And I think it's going to become increasingly easy to be short with one another and to be unforgiving and frustrated when you're in a contained space. And I think if you can, as much as possible, be really gracious and patient and forgiving to your family who's immediately around you, um, they're going to get on your nerves pretty quickly. But just to recognize that we are going through a very emotionally intense time and whether or not we verbalize that, it's going to come out in our actions. And so I think taking time away every day from a screen to play a game, read, talk, look at somebody, touch somebody that you can physically touch, give a hug to someone that you can physically hug safely in your home. That's something that not everyone right now is fortunate enough to have access to. And so if you you can, you should. And I think just unplugging and saying, like, my brain needs a break, my eyes need a break. I need to be able to rest and be still a little bit. I think we just face the danger of checking out and distracting ourselves so much that we lose touch with our immediate community. And I think God really calls us to love our families well. One thing if I if there's anything I wouldn't
3: hope that students hear from this is, um, and adults, actually, I think all of us need to hear this is when we are trying to process through things to really find somebody, a trusted adult, a trusted friend who we can process through these things with, because the one big thing with social, emotional and mental health is that we get really wrapped up in our own thoughts and we can, We can, we're really great storytellers. So we can write false fiction. And if we just stay in our own minds, we can create a beautiful story that has no facts to it. So being able to connect and talk to a trusted adult, they're able to, or a friend, they're able to bring some light and some truth to what could feel very dark. So don't be in that mindset alone and ask for help. We've been receiving a lot of emails, and through that we can either continue to correspond via email, because I know for some students, like, you know, they're in a household where they might not want other people to hear what they have to say, so a correspondence through email is great, but we also are open to setting up a time to do a video chat and do a meeting through Teams too. So whatever works best on walking alongside that kid is what we're here for. But to reach us, send an email and then we'll figure out for them how they would like to chat.
0: Fantastic. This is so good. We're talking today with our BCS school counselors about our social, emotional, mental health. We're going to take a short break for a few public service announcements. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to our elementary school counselor, Marlene Stoffer, and get some practical advice on how we can all stay socially, emotionally, and mentally healthy. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Reverend Rogers here, a.k.a. The Rev. And I want to make you high schoolers and junior high students aware of a great opportunity. Are you lonely and in need of connection during this time of social distancing? Are you already hanging out with friends but hoping to make that time more than just sitting around Snapchatting and making TikTok videos? Maybe even make that hangout time purposeful and spiritually meaningful. Well, you need to join a BCS small group. Email smallgroups at bellevuechristian.org and we'll help you organize a group for you and your friends and give you the resources you need to make that hangout time purposeful and spiritually significant. Email us today at groups at bellevuechristian.org. Welcome back to The Revcast, the weekly podcast where we discuss real-life issues, trying to make sense of the chaotic crazy. I'm your host, The Rev, and we're here with the lovely Miss Amanda Albright, and we're talking today about students' social, emotional, and mental health with our BCS school counselors. I want to bring into our conversation now, Mrs. Marlene Stauffer. Marlene, for the past two years, has worked with the students and families at our Mac and Three Points Elementary School campuses. Marlene's a Montana girl where she grew up and started her career working for 16 years as an elementary school teacher. And after getting her master's degree, she worked as a school counselor at a very large 3,500-student high school. She then went back to the younger kids and spent 13 years as an elementary school counselor, And she's also worked as a licensed clinical professional counselor and wellness coach. So we here at BCS are very blessed to have Marlene working with our students and families. And we're blessed to have Marlene with us today here on the RevCast. Marlene, it's really great to have you with us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at BCS?
5: Hi, I'm so glad to be here. So I'm in both the classroom and I meet with students individually. I love getting to go in and see all the students and and I work a lot with problem solving. I also work a lot with helping kids understand what they can control and what they can't control. And then individually, I love doing the work uh, that I do in helping empowering kids to see that they really have the answers. I just help them uncover them.
1: Oh, Marlene, that's so beautiful. That's very, very empowering and honoring of our students. I love that that's your approach to them. Marlene, in this, in this time with our students at home with their families and just our rhythms looking different every day, what do you think that is important for our families to know about mental health, social, and emotional health? What do, what do our families need to know about those aspects of our health for their kids?
5: Well, I think some of the challenges are, one, getting stuck in focusing on what I can't do right now, And the other thing is power struggles that may be happening because we're homeschooling and we're trying to do these things in small spaces uh, with maybe numerous kids. And so I'm going to address, first of all, the idea of what can't i do and am i stuck right now i believe god's given us every tool and every ability to face every challenge that we're going to come across during this whole time that's that is a challenge and i have a book that i read in every classroom last year called the problem and the problem becomes a dark cloud over this little boy because he thinks about it that's all he thinks about is the problem then he tries to hide from it it doesn't go away And not until he faces that problem and finds that in every problem is an opportunity, an opportunity to grow and to get stronger and to learn. And I believe that our students can find that. I believe our parents as well, because I've seen what great support they are and how strong they are in their lives. So I want to right now start with saying God is good and he's given us everything that we need. Now, the word I um, was put on my heart as this all started was humility. I really have to have humility as I face each challenge as it like ebbs and flows. And, and so that humility really keeps me open to what do I need to learn and how can I do things better? One of the things when you're dealing with power struggles, let's say your child is not wanting to do all their schoolwork and I'm getting the privilege of working with my grandchildren right now helping my daughter do some homeschooling. What we're doing is, first of all, I think sitting down as a family and deciding what's our day going to look like? What is our time? How's our time going to be spent? And I would do some things that are non-negotiable, first of all, and then I would decide what can we negotiate. So we have to get our assignments in on time, and then How about have a fun Friday where we just together decide some really great activities. What do we want to do to get outside, to get some exercise? I know for me, my grandchildren have decided the trampoline with grandma is their choice. No, it's not my choice. (laughs) <laughs> I have not been on a trampoline for 20 years, and it gets I get kind of dizzy, and so we do challenges on the trampoline, and we take turns trying hard things, and again, it takes a lot of humility for me to do that, but they look forward to that after they get their work done. I want to talk about, too, I'm doing on OneDrive, Seven Habits for Happy Kids, written by Sean Covey. They also have a teenager edition called Seven Habits for Highly Effective Teens. i have a habit a week for your parents to go through. And the habit this week is to remember that you are responsible for yourself. So you can't say I'm bored. You can't think your parents are going to solve your boredom. But you can um, realize that you're creative and strong enough to figure out ways uh, to solve whatever is happening for you. For chores, I would do a menu of chores. I do an I pick chores and a you pick chores. So I pick that you have to keep your room cleaned up and your toys. Uh, maybe you pick to help with dinner, you know, so you get to pick some of the chores. Uh, some of the games I recommend, and this is K through six, are Skippo, Rat Attack Hat, Tutanado. Connect Four has two options. One of them, you can shoot the hoops. Into the game so that you can connect four in a row by shooting. Guess Who and Spot It Um, are two great ones. And then we've been doing as a family science activities as we walk. So even our two year olds looking for buds on the trees. I've been making up a lot of songs with my grandchildren. And I think it's good for them to see us being playful and creative. And then we have to take care of ourselves. So I want you to really keep um, thinking about your own exercise. I want you to look for good books. Hopefully you're eating well, getting enough sleep. And then the final thing that I'm doing with my grandchildren is how can I help someone else? So we're looking for opportunities to serve. Uh, we made cards yesterday for doctors and nurses, and there's websites online. You can send those cards out. We got my mom, who's 90, in an assisted living, a, an iPad and was able to FaceTime her yesterday. And in our family, my siblings, we've done a You Are My Sunshine challenge where we all sing it to her, and we try to you know, be creative and, and do, put our own twist to it. And so... FaceTiming someone that you know that can't get out, that is elderly, um, and just looking for those ways to show your love for Jesus through um, how you can help someone else. That's so good, Marlene. Thank you so much
0: for being with us today. And we we are very grateful for Danielle, Devin, and Mika being with us today. This has been so good. Miss Amanda, who do we have with us next week?
1: Yeah, Rev, I'm super excited about next week as well. Next week, we've got our athletic director, Mr. Mark DeYoung, coming on to talk to us about how to stay healthy during this time. And we've also invited Dr. Tom Alsbury, who's one of our science teachers at Bellevue Christian, who's going to talk to us about the science behind the coronavirus and the the implications that it has for our lives right now.
0: Well, that'll be another great time. Well, friends, thanks for tuning in to the RevCast, and we'll see you back here next week where we will discuss real-life issues and making sense of all the chaotic crazy. So until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you.
1: Don't do anything that we wouldn't do.
0: Have clean hands and a clean heart.
1: Remember, we love you. And
0: Jesus Jesus
1: loves you you even Even more.
0: more. (laughs) (laughs) So good.